Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Ah, hello there. It's me again, Andrea. Covering for Trev, who normally does our intros and outros. He's kind of he's the head honcho here, isn't he? He'll be back next time. Uh, this week, myself, Ed and Trevor talked all things Boogie Nights, the Paul Thomas Anderson classic. Shot in the 90s, set in the 70s, and all about pornography. Sit back and enjoy the show. Jack Horner, filmmaker. Marker. We make adult films, exotic pictures. Hey, who's your daddy? Hey, hey. You got your camera, you got your film, you got your lights, you got your sound, you got your syncing, you got your editing. But if you make a good one, there's practically no end to how much money you can make. Eddie Adams from Torrance. I got a feeling beneath those jeans are so wonderful. Just waiting to get out. Everyone has one thing you think. I mean, everyone's blessed with one special thing. May I see it? Well, thank you, Eddie. No problem. Thanks, Eddie. Bye. You know what I'm thinking? I want to be in business with you. I'd love it. Maybe you think about your name. My name, yeah. Hey, hey. Dirk Diggler! Dirk Diggler! Dirk Diggler! Yeah. I only am who I am because I was born that way. I have a gift, and I am trying to not be selfish about it, but to use it. And if you want to knock me for that, it's your own problem. Jealousy will get you nowhere. Christ, you've been up for two days. You're not the boss of me. Yes, I am. Are you the king, huh? Yes! Come on, come on. You are fire! You know what? I'm the biggest star here, man. That's the way it is. You're nothing without me, Jack. <laughs> I jolly well can't believe it. It's Edward Salmon and Andrea from the Fatting in the Zoom room. We're here. We're, we're jumping. We're diving. We're disco dancing. It's Boogie Nights, baby. Let's <laughs> talk nights. all things 1997 PTA classic. This this movie is like that scene in Titanic where they fucked in the car, except it's the whole movie and you go inside the car. Yeah, instead of a hand on the windscreen, it's just uh, extreme close up of a prosthetic cock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's cock and balls yeah. smushed against the glass like the last chicken in the supermarket. Uh, yeah, look, boogie nights. We, we, like, we, let's get into it. What does it mean to all of us? I, I, I Ed, like, you're a huge PTA lad, right? Yeah. So I'll get my little piece of shit out of the way because I, I i probably unlike you I, di- I didn't see this when it was out out i retrospectively watched it when i was six, 16 17 and I, I bought the dvd yeah and the only memory i have of it is i i just co- i remember watching it as like a 16 or 17 year old and i was just amazed at like the fact that this film got made <laughs> like yeah. i just yeah ed what, what, what about you where does it bring you back yeah i don't i didn't see this in the cinema i would have been like Titanic, I, like I saw Titanic in the cinema, but Boogie Nights, I 
don't remember it being in Tullamore. It seems like the kind of movie that would be picketed by uptight people who, quite frankly, need to get laid and keep rocking and rolling and making better films, um, yeah. to quote Dirk. But uh, <laughs> just, 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 just the topic alone is um, enough for them to pick it. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't need to watch it. I, I know what it's like. It's smut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I saw, I, I saw it a couple of months before Magnolia came out. So it would have been a few. Right. It would have been a few years after it was released, and I just thought it was, uh, yeah. And what like rewatching it now, it is insane because I don't. There's no precedent for it. There's no like serious movie about mm. the pornography industry that has been made before or after. There's been documentaries, yeah. you know, like after porn, and there's been you know other stuff, and there's been porn stars who have appeared in movies. Um, but there's been nothing like this, and it is kind of amazing that it that it was made, and you kind of forget how controversial I suppose it was at the time, like because there was no kind of movie like this beforehand. But um, yeah, it got me into P.T. Anderson in a in a big way. I went to see Magnolia in the cinema because it was a P.T. Anderson movie. And that movie yeah. is a bit of a cocaine-fueled mess. Um, there's a wonderful extra on Magnolia. If I don't want to talk about Magnolia when we're doing Boogie Nights, where he is he's trying to edit it, and it's just a nightmare to edit. And he's just having this rant um, with his girlfriend there, and he's like clearly very high on cocaine. Uh, it's it's an interesting one. I think there was a lot of drug use behind the yeah. scenes on this movie. Because uh, for Ed's Easter Eggs, coming up later, which is a, a companion piece to Trev's Trivia, I <laughs> learned some interesting nuggets that weren't oh. online about uh, the behind-the-scenes from listening to the commentary track on Ooh, some one of the commentary tracks. beats. Oh, yeah, some very... Uh, some stuff that I'm surprised is not on IMDb Trivia, but... Um, yeah. I've talked too long. Uh, this movie, yeah, it blew me away when I saw it. I thought it was incredible. And now looking back, and I had no idea at the time, like he was 26 years of age when he made, he was 24 yeah. when he wrote the movie. And he was 26 when he wrote and directed this, his second movie, which is fucking insane. It's like a, it's it's like a Beatles level of genius, I think, from to yeah. to make something so epic and sprawling and for it to be funny and quite disturbing especially second time round or i mean i've i've seen it a bunch of times but this time i was like god it really does take a very dark turn and it gets very hard to watch and I, yeah and i i, I kind of had the same thing but then for, i really enjoyed i mean get into it but i really enjoyed the last 20 minutes of it oh I yeah just, just yeah like, it's it, unbelievable but before we get into that dre what about you um did you see this when it came out, or or was it was this your first time seeing it now? Or I'm trying to remember our preamble before uh, watching it. I saw this last Saturday for the first time. <laughs> like Boogie Saturday in Dreyfus. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, for my whole life, like I managed to avoid this uh, this film, and I think just because of the name Boogie Nights, just just because I had Boogie in it. Like I think I was mixing it up with like Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. so I was like, yeah, this is gonna movie. be this is gonna be, yeah. And and you know, I've seen images from the film, 
and you know because there is that that dance number he has yeah in the in the yeah. in the discotheque and so i mean it's not far off for me to think that way but i'm just really glad that i didn't watch it with my mom i i, I was glad about four minutes <laughs> yeah. in yeah i didn't yeah yeah. But, uh, no, I, the first seven minute long sex scene would be <laughs> enough uh, to <laughs> ruin any mother daughter relationship. <laughs> no, I I um I really enjoyed it. I think it um it it, it really took me by surprise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, I I'm just imagining like you know you going into that as like or your mother bringing you to see that as a little girl. You know, <laughs> both of you thinking it's about disco dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so look good thing you weren't brought to see that as a child uh, and, uh, but, yeah, uh, so, okay. yeah. so suffice to say it's not about disco dancing <laughs> it's about a different type of dancing the horizontal mambo I mean, down there is for dancing <laughs> <laughs> horizontal mambo <laughs> yeah so look like what were we dancing to when we we're watching this what would we put forward to the to the fictitious back alley oscars well, look, for your consideration, um, there's, there's tons of things, so I'll just do one or two and then I'll hand it over because otherwise I'll be going on all day. But the the one thing out of everything um, that I loved about this film that I'd be putting forward is it's got the best nods and the best homages to like a, a senior director being Scorsese. I usually hate that kind of stuff. I hate mm. movies that like relish in these big heavy-handed nods to other movies that went before um, like you know like the artist and all these kind of films that do these like really bad homages to a, a type of cinema but and when I before I watched it I did see a couple of things online about how there's some there's, there's quite a few things about Scorsese in it but it's only when I started playing it and watching it I realized the amount of nods to Scorsese it, it gets ridiculous but it's kind of fun to watch like there's I listed some of them like there's obviously the long shots like that big long shot at the start yeah that goes on yeah. for ages around the club and, around, and yeah. around the swimming pool and the yeah. end of the movie yeah, as well. Yeah. That, he's walking the around the house. The that, yeah, and they're lovely. And it's just, but it's not just a long shot. It's just the feel of it. And the, it's at shoulder level and everything. It just feels like Scorsese's behind the camera. And then, but li little things like the, the scene where the mother, and like I didn't Google any of this stuff to verify it. I'm just assuming that these are not, so, it's Scorsese. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's a scene when his mom is waiting up for him to come in yeah, from yeah. Um, his shift. But and it's exactly like Goodfellas, where the what's what's his um what's your man's name Henry um, Hill, Henry Hill's wife uh, Lorraine is that what's Lorraine her name? Bracco. Uh, oh my God! But yeah, the, the Jewish parents, the the mother's waiting up for him to come yeah, in, and she's yeah. sitting in the chair. See, it's the exact same shot, and she's looking tense and waiting, and then it's an yeah. explosive argument straight away. When Dick's showing off his apartment, or when Dirk is showing off his his apartment. Uh, you know, when he's on the up, it's the exact same scene as when, you know, uh, fucking, um, I, I should re remember the names from the guys from Goodfellas. What's the guy? <laughs> Henry Hill is showing off the apartment to all his friends. Like, there's so much stuff in it. When, when Philip Baker Hall's character comes in for the first time, it's exactly when the same kind of feel as when De Niro comes into Goodfellas, into the party scene, and the way the music slows down and it's the panning shot and the close up and he's coming in, in the suit yeah. and he looks cool. Like there's there's fucking there's so much stuff that and and it like I, I I loved all of it. Usually I hate that kind of stuff, as I said, but I thought I thought that was fucking great. And then the other thing I had is just the montage where they're doing cocaine. Um, Julianne Moore and uh, Roller Girl are doing cocaine on the bed, and they're talking about being each other's mother and yeah, daughter and yeah. everything. 
and it just trickles into this 20 minute montage of like these uh, like what what all the characters are up to now yeah. and it's like the I, I think it's the best 20 minutes of cinema i've seen in like in the last year or two i i forgot how good that i didn't appreciate when i was watching it i probably didn't appreciate what it would take to put, pull that together yeah but like how it and then it just kind of all comes back together then in or around the donut shop scene when the shootout happens and he takes the money yeah and um, i think that's when that montage kind of ends but it's just like it's unbelievable yeah. like, the, the logistical i don't know how long that took to put together or how long it took to to, to shoot it and um, but it was just amazing it's absolutely a master class from pta so you know no, no funny takes there but they're genuinely too like i I, I fucking loved watching this film. I forgot how good it was, but the nods to Scorsese and that twenty-minute montage are two of the highlights for me. Uh, what about you, Dre? What are you putting forward into this back alley Oscar? I mean, I kind of, I kind of said the same thing about the yeah. the drug scene with Julianne Moore um, and her, you know, and Roller Girl, who you know was kind of her on-screen mm. daughter in a way. Like the film as a whole, just the way it, it humanizes people in the porn industry a bit but did, i wasn't expecting to like it to be honest when it when i yeah. when it started going i was like mm, i don't know if this is going to be for me but i think you're right though the, the bit at the like the, that, that big long shot at the end when burt reynolds is walking around his house mm. that's when that penny drops of like ah they're just a big happy family they, yeah. they, they, all, yeah. they all love yeah. each other and they're, they're like he's the the the, the 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 like the patriarch and julian moore is the matriarch and they're all just like this um they all are they're equally kind of as important as each other to all these other characters you know a strong father figure a strong mother uh, mother motherly figure yeah like they, they all, they all like love each other beneath. it's in a, yeah, in a yeah, kind of a fucked up way but it's still yeah. it's still love i suppose and in a very physical yeah. way it's, it's still love it's right. a surrogate <laughs> a surrogate family that all fuck each other to yeah <laughs> essentially yeah, it's yeah, weird yeah. isn't it yeah <laughs> what about you eddie what, what are you what are you putting forward for for submission uh i think uh, Burnt Reynolds uh, for his Sean Connery cosplay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never really noticed it before. I thought about it before, but I was like, God, he really kind of looks like Sean Connery with that wig and that beard. Yeah, and the only other actor that could probably take his place, like without too much friction. You know what I mean? You, you could have, you can imagine Connery, Connery in that role. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't say Connery would do it. Um, but around 97, he probably would have been around. Been uh, filming uh, the Rock at that point. Yeah, he would have been the right kind of age for it. But I, I don't know if he. I yeah. don't know if he would. I think he would maybe be too kind of famous. I think there's something yeah. good about the casting of Burt Reynolds in 1997 because Burt Reynolds, you know, in the 70s yeah. and early 80s, was a huge, like the biggest movie star in the fucking world, massive sex symbol, and now casting him in a movie set in the 70s where he's like an older guy in the the kind of the parallel uh movie world because there is this kind of romantic notion of you know movies being shot on 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 film um like they're proper movies and people had to go to the cinema there was a kind of a almost a legitimacy to pornography uh, back then yeah. two things paul thomas anderson does extremely well is he moves the camera so well like you know he has these and it's not just the long shots it's the way he stages stuff and the way yeah uh the camera will move in quickly or you'll have a, like a whip pan and that's all <laughs> it's a kind of a combination because he's a big uh 
Robert Altman fan. Like he was always, um, you know, obviously he loved he loved Scorsese, and there's a lot of Scorsese stuff in it. But the the kind of big ensemble cast and everyone's kind of the scenes where everyone's kind of talking over each other, and it's very sort of naturalistic. That all comes from uh, Altman's movies. Yeah, and the sequence, yeah, the 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 twenty minute sequence, the kind of because it's all you know, it's all up and and flowing and everyone's happy and things are going well it's you know the rise and then it's the fall and that cutting between dirk uh you know failing to masturbate for money in a car and getting the shit kicked out of him and yeah going around in the in the car and your man get, gets beaten up and i i for i actually didn't didn't check for sure but the guy, you know, when she, when when Roller Girl goes to do her, you know, exams or whatever, and she's like totally I perplexed. Say, yeah. I was trying to think. I was trying to remember if it, if it was the same guy uh, as well. Uh, is it the same guy who goes in the car who does the? He's doing the the blowjob thing. Blow and, I, and I love I love cock. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't Google it either. But I was. It looks like I, the, I, same the same guy. Cock. I was like, I, th- I think it that's has to be. I think that's the same guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the way that that whole thing is cut together where one bit ends and then a car drives past and it follows the next story. Yeah. And then the final part with uh, Buck going into the donut shop and just that, that music in that scene. Because up, to, the, up yeah. to this point, the music has been, you know, 70s sort of disco funk stuff. And that's another thing that he does amazingly well, especially like his latest movie, uh, Licorice Pizza, the music, the soundtrack to that is unbelievable, and it's all music from 1973 when the when the movie is yeah. set. Whereas yeah. this is like takes place from what from 77 to 1983 or something. But mm. just the needle drops in this movie are fucking unbelievable. You know, if you're like if you're making a movie in the morning, you'd be trying to put your own spin, your own taste onto it. You know, and you and you were you, you wouldn't want to be too like. I'm not going to pick that song because it's too obvious. I'm not going to pick this song because it's yeah. everyone knows that song. Oh, I, I, you want to push your taste on people. PTA doesn't do that. Like he just picks the right song for the right scene. Yeah. So even if it's the most overplayed song from the eighties, he'll drop it. Yeah. He'll put that song in like Night yeah. Red Balloons and it just fucking works. Um, so yeah, I, I, you're right. Ed. All the, like, the, like, Hey, and so I, I think he's got a, I think he's got he's a, got a future. Uh, you know, a hole in his pocket because he's dropping some needles. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about. But even that, like, do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. So look, what what are we going to cut out of this film? Um, uh, there's not a lot to cut, but if if we have to get a little uh, little uh, surgical knife out here and scalpel yeah. something out, the the only thing I have is the Dirk Diggler music career subplot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> like I just think it's a bit too step step brothersy. It's a bit. That's too... exactly what I thought. I thought watching that really, going, yeah. oh, uh, Mark Wahlberg would have been a good like brother for him. Like he could have been one of the step brothers. Yeah, yeah. Because the way they were, uh, yeah. like I didn't look into this, but like it, uh, were those scenes kind of improvised or whatever? Because they felt so. Na- whenever yeah, uh, John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg were in scenes together, they felt very improvised. I know John C. Riley has that yeah. natural flow, but. Well, there, there is there is uh, on the Blu-ray, on the Blu-ray which I Ooh. which I watched on the extras, there is a whole section of the extras called the John C. Riley Files, ah. where it's just extended versions of like when he first meets Dirk Diggler, 
and he's make, making the cocktail. That scene goes on for ages. Oh, really? Uh, and they just keep trying to outdo each Get other. Funnier. Yeah. And and yeah. and the oh yeah, and the scene where they're um you know the, you know you yeah you own them they you know they are your property but the heart and soul that we poured in to yeah. that music you do not own that. <laughs> Yeah, there's like three or four different versions of that where John C. Riley is just going, to, like talking to the guy, the guy on the mixing desk or whatever. And there's a couple of takes where you can see your man is starting to laugh, right. and then he like he's he laughs and he like turns. <laughs> the scene keeps going, and the guy um, who owns the studio, the older guy, uh, who in Ed's Easter eggs is Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. Senior. He's Robert Downey Jr.'s dad. Okay. Yeah. yeah, who's an actor, producer, director in his own right. Um, but he starts talking to yeah. to the guy in the mixing desk, and and he was like, uh, "You you wanted me to to hear the music?" And he's like, "Yeah." And you can see he's kind of smiling. He goes, "You've never you've never asked me to listen to any music that anyone's played, but you think that this guy's music, these guys' music, is so bad that you think I'll find it funny?" And your man just starts laughing, and he goes, "Sorry." He's like, "Sorry, Paul." Uh, Paul, I just <laughs> just John C. Riley freak freaks me out. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was really intense. And there's yeah. there's a scene where that was cut out as well, which is just John C. Riley's character, obviously high on cocaine, trying to work out. And I think it's it was cut from the scene where Thomas Jane keeps coming back with the cocaine, and they're like, you know, where the fuck have you been? That little sequence of oh, he's just yeah, going yeah, to get the yeah. the dime bag and coming back and coming back, and it's John C. Riley like with a cigarette that's like burned out to the bottom yeah. and he's in his mind, he's playing out the route that your man is taking to get the cocaine and how long it will take. And he's just wired <laughs> and it goes on for ages <laughs> and it's just, they just cut it out of the movie. But yeah, there's, yeah. I think there's a lot of, um, uh, apparently in the script, there was gaps where it was like John C. Riley, uh, you know, talks for a bit. Like he he left oh. bits in where it's like you just say whatever you want at this stage. You just fill it up. Yeah, the 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 scene when he's like talking to the well to uh, Robbie Downey Jr.'s senior, um, and he's saying about like when he's trying to coax him to give him the demo tapes, like he, he nails that like that performance of being somebody who's either coming down hard or coming off yeah. a, an all nighter yeah. or a bin, like you know he's not he's not high but there's still stuff in his system and he's lacking sleep and he's wired yeah, yeah. and he's it's angry. just yeah like, he's angry yeah 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 I, like he, he nails that and speaking of downey jr senior i didn't know that was him but i i you you probably saw this from um ed's easter eggs uh research but the scene uh the downey jr like PTA rang Downey Jr. to say, look, <laughs> Ed's waving an actual Easter egg in front of the camera. <laughs> Tiny one. <laughs> For anyone that's wondering why we're laughing. Uh, but, Not a euphemism uh, for my balls. We'll go on. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the firecracker scene was another nod to a movie that Downey Jr. Sr. was in where uh, either Downey Jr. or a character in the scene was throwing firecrackers oh. in the background. Um, so he called him up and he said, that thing that you were in, that you were involved in, that you also helped write. I don't know what the fucking film is. Um, I didn't research it that much, but he rang him to say, can I use it? I, I want to bring that background thing to the foreground of a scene that I have. And he's like, yeah, use it, whatever. So maybe when he did that, maybe that maybe the follow-up conversation was, hey, you want to be in the movie? Um, yeah. 
I yeah. wonder. It's worth a, it's worth a bit of extra research. Maybe, yeah. Post pod research. Um, now, I, yeah. I actually have a, a controversial cutting room floor. Oh. Um, Burt Reynolds. Controversial cutting room floor. I would cut Burt Reynolds. Oh, really? Oh. There's something, because, I mean, obviously, um, P.T. Anderson, he wanted, uh, he'd offered it to a couple other people that yeah. we'll talk about later on, which I think would have done a better job. Well, we talk about it now, actually. Well, one of them who turned it down was uh, Sidney Pollock, uh, who is a director, sometime actor. He was in, he played uh, Dustin Hoffman's agent in Tootsie. And a couple yeah. of years after Boogie Nights, he was in uh, Eyes Wide Shut, Kubrick's last movie. And he, I think he would have been he would have been really good. He has that kind of energy. He would have yeah. very easily played that part. Because Burt Reynolds didn't want to play the, the, the part in the movie. Yeah. And yeah. uh, P.T. Anderson asked him like seven times and he turned it down. And he hated making the movie when he saw a rough cut of, of the final thing. He disowned it. He didn't do any press for yeah. it. He sold no. the Golden Globe he won for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, so even post-award yeah. recognition, he still And him, ba- him bad-mouthing yeah. the movie, you know, they reckon cost him an Oscar. It cost him the Oscar. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are, yeah. there are scenes in it where I feel like he's not... Like, he's he is good and he is well cast and he doesn't ruin the movie. But the more times I see it, the more I kind of see how there are some scenes where he doesn't seem to give a shit or he's not giving it his all. Yeah. And I don't think if you recast that part, I don't think the movie would would change that much. I think it's one of those movies where, even though I think Mark Wahlberg is great in the movie, but because in some ways it's about all of these people, you know, it's kind of his rise and fall, but it's also, you know, Jack Horner is, is pivoting to video and, you know, everyone's got their shit. Amber is involved in a custody battle for a kid. Um, yeah. You know, everyone's got something going on. Yeah, he's just a set of eyes that you're watching yeah. the movie through. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah. I know so you mean, could yeah. kind of easily replace him, but there just are scenes where I kind of feel like he's not given 100% and I don't think the movie would live or die if Burt Reynolds wasn't in it. And there's one scene in particular which is not his fault. And I never thought about this until I saw a random YouTube video where Quentin Tarantino was talking about Boogie Nights and he said there's one scene in Boogie Nights which he hates and he thinks it shouldn't have been in the movie. And it's the bit where they're doing the Brock Landers uh, movies and they're cutting it together. And they're looking oh, yeah. at it, and it's clearly bad. Like, it's clearly, they're not acting. And your man's going like, it's a real film, Jack. And he's like, you know, this is the movie I want to be remembered for. And that's played for laughs for the audience, for the audience to laugh yeah. at these characters. But Tarantino is making the point that these these men in that scene, Jack and his editor guy, they're smart enough to know that this is not a good movie that they're making. So it it yeah. doesn't make sense. It makes sense in context of you're you're presenting something comedic for an yeah. audience, but those characters should be self aware enough to know that this is not a masterpiece, you know. And it kind of that's a good too because yeah. even the, the 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 editor guy, cinematographer editor guy that that um with the beard, Ricky J, 
like Mickey J, yeah, when they're making the, he kind of looks like a Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, right? yeah. He's, got the, he's like yeah. Francis Ford Coppola's fat yeah, younger yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's when they're making the, like, when, you know, Dirk leaves the, the company and they're just continuing to press along, making kind of crap yeah. movies, there's that scene where he's editing a movie and, you know, uh, whatchamacallit Burt Reynolds come in and he's like how is it looking and he's like it is what it is yeah, or yeah. something like that or uh, so like he knows that that's yeah. shit yeah, you know yeah, exactly so it's yeah. like he should yeah so it's a fair shout yeah okay yeah yeah there, I think I think there is very little that you can cut out of this movie I think it is one of those things where apparently it took mm. him a year to to edit it and I think some of that was he, because he didn't want to cut anything out and they needed to clear some of the music tracks because some some of the scenes are definitely cut to um the music certain like songs the, when he when yeah. roller girl gives him a blowjob when he's still working in the nightclub and he's Eddie Adams that um you know that's like very it's expertly cut to that that it whole is. that whole kind yeah. of sequence yeah and that whole intro scene as well is just it, yeah like, even though it's just cool long sh- it, but it's cut perfectly yeah because the whatever way the, the 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 beat drops at the end it's when the long shot turns slow-mo for the close-up of uh you know dirk's face yeah. you know when he's yeah. he's carrying the dishes and he looks over at burt reynolds um so speaking of uh speaking of um burt reynolds not winning oscars just looking at Tinseltown, the, the, the Tinseltown report from 1998. <laughs> uh, Helen, Helen Hunt wins Best Actress, Robin Williams wins Best Supporting, and uh, Kim Basinger, or Basinger, if you're from uh, some of the Dutch territories, uh, she won Best Supporting Actress oh, yeah, uh, for Early Confidential. Oh, yeah. St- stole it out of Julianne Moore's uh, grips. Yeah, Julianne Moore is amazing in this movie. She's, she's yeah. Yeah, she's... Yeah. And funnily enough, when I was uh, the commentary I listened to is P.T. Anderson, and it's cut from a bunch of different. He went to like there's one where he has like uh, John C. Riley, John C. Riley, and he has um, <laughs> uh, a book. Uh, what's his name? Um, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah, sorry. Uh, him and Don Cheadle chatting. There's one where it's just him, Mark Wahlberg, and there's a couple other ones. Him and Julianne Moore just by themselves, and it's kind of mm. cut together. And when he's with Julianne Moore, he's just like, like two two interesting things where he says he only gave her one bit of direction. Um. In in one scene, and that, and that and that was it. The rest of the time, he's like, I was just like, she sta- brought that with her. I was just standing there, you know, watching you do it. And every time she comes on screen, he's just like, he's basically like, you know, thank you so much because you're really, you know, you're <laughs> you're knocking it out of the park here, just like. Yeah. Especially that last scene. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, like the the coke scene with uh, herself and Roller Girl is just so well done, and that was the only that was the only bit of direction he said. Just I just want you to say too many things, too many things. Just, just repeat that at at some point, yeah, and then do whatever yeah. you want. But at the end of it, where she's like looking in the mirror at herself oh, yeah. after Burt Reynolds is like, "You're the foxy's bitch uh, in, on the planet" or whatever. And she, she just kind of sums up the whole movie in that look, you know. It's like everything. There's, this, yeah. there's something, there's something missing from from her. And yeah, she, she's content at the minute, but she's also totally hollow and empty. Mm. And yeah, yeah. There's a whole void in her. Yeah, it's 
but yeah and like when she's crying outside the courthouse, the, the, yeah. the courthouse it's just like you want to like there's not many times you want to reach into a movie and hug somebody yeah <laughs> but and how she she's so like behind the screen she's so cocky you know and and you know um when she's the maternal figure for dirk yeah she's she is exactly that but then in front of the judge, she just turns into this little whimpering sheep yeah. that can barely speak. She's barely audible in, in, in that room. Yeah. Um, it's And the way, see, and and it, that's such a great example of the way he moves the camera is that the camera just yeah. slowly it, it starts to move in on just her as the questioning mm. gets more intense. And, and then it cuts to her outside yeah. crying her eyes out as everyone yeah. walks yeah. past, which I guess you would do. And that whole custody battle was based on a true life story of a real porn star. Yeah. And that porn star played that judge in that scene. Yes. No way. Yeah. Trev's trivia, Trev's baby. Trev's trivia. Up against Ed's Nuggets or Ed's Ed's Nuggets. Nuggets. <laughs> Ed's Nuggets. Head to head. No, that's, that's my nickname. <laughs> the trivia that's, battle royale. That's the nickname for my balls. <laughs> Ed's Nuggets. Ed's Nuggets. <laughs> yeah. But even when you look at the Oscars, like Goodwill Hunting got Best Original sc- Screenplay. Like their speech was hilarious and funny and all that stuff, but it's not like up against Boogie Nights. Like it's not the same piece of fucking material. Like you know, like Google Hunting is a nice tidy little script. Yeah, um, I just think it's a thing that they're not going to give. They're not going to give Oscars to yeah. a movie about pornography. You know, there's yeah. something. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not going to give Oscars to a twenty-seven-year-old. Yeah. They're not going to give. No. They're not going to give loans to ex porn stars. No, and they're not going to give Oscars they, to. They save. To they porn save movies. Oscars for you know. They give them to rapists and whatnot, but they won't give them yeah. to. To uh, yeah. a twenty six year old just just making a movie about porn that he's one of yeah. his whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite quotes, guys. Um, there's so many, but I, I I just I stopped writing them down, so I I just deli- I just deleted them aggressively before the pod because I didn't want to be reading out loads of quotes. So I just have two. Uh, one is from one of the porns that they fit, that they shoot when Dirk and John C. Reilly's character beat up all these guys in a bar and then C. Reilly goes up to Dirk and says, let's go get some of that Saturday night beer. <laughs> Saturday <laughs> yeah, night beaver. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, is it beaver? Beaver, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Saturday night beer. I thought no. it was beer so I just as well. That, the Saturday night, I just like Saturday night beaver? Saturday, Saturday night, night beaver? beaver? <laughs> oh okay i totally mis- misheard that i because so because that's such a funny saturday idea. night that's beer is the like, best beer yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best beer yeah 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 i do okay so my favorite quote was a misquote because it's enough. so innocent i heard i heard the exact same thing yeah. yeah get some of that saturday night beer and then the other one i have is um i like butter in my ass and lollipops in my mouth yeah it's just such a great line uh by uh philip baker hall again um for the bigger hall, yeah, Mister Hard Eight himself, Sydney, uh, yeah. yeah, no, uh, gr- great quote. Uh, what about you guys? Any quotes? Um, I think uh, I, I was thinking of my name one day, and I just dreamt it up when he, when he, um, <laughs> when he, yeah, when yeah. he christens himself with his his porn star name. And I actually, yeah, I actually yeah. love when he's on set for the first time, and um, he he's Burt Reynolds is directing him, and he's like, "Hey, can you uh, can you call me?" Dirk Diggler from now on? Like, yeah, yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bird just goes right away. Okay, Dirk. Yeah. <laughs> and that and scene when he's yeah. about to go out. Sorry. Yeah, when he's about to go out and like have sex with Julia mm-hmm. for the first time, when he's standing behind the stage door, the way the camera 
pans around. It's like what you're saying about uh, camera movement. The camera goes from like they're on set and then the camera follows them behind the stage door. And then you can just see how dirty and shit the back of the door is because obviously it's backstage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But in that in that moment, like it's just everything stays still for like 10 seconds and you kind of get nervous for him. You, you kind of like you feel his anxiety before he goes through the door. Yeah. He's a child um, like he's a he's a yeah, yeah he's 17 at the start. He's he's a, he's a baby and he's yeah. so innocent and he's just that's why his scenes are so funny with John C. Riley from the start because John C. Riley is also like a child, you know, really. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're so innocent. Um, and they yeah. they kind of try to grow up a bit, but they don't. They're just like they're they're stuck at an age, and that age is seventeen. And then they just happen oh, to yeah. work in the porn industry, so they're seventeen forever in a way, because they ca- they Paula haven't was, matured. Paula was very impressed at how Mark Wahlberg looked back then. <laughs> She was, um, <laughs> yeah, the first yeah. thing she said when he came on screen, she just said, he's in great time as a cruel mistress. What? He <laughs> yeah. looks fucking great Why? now. Has she he's, not seen he, him? Yeah, and I, so I, I, yeah, I Googled, I was Googling him and showing her and she goes, yeah, but just compared to then. But he's 52 just, now and he looks amazing. He, yeah, he's got 17 fucking lumps sticking out of his six pack. He's yeah. got like he's a million so, pack. He's so built <laughs> yeah. now. Oh yeah. It's really I mean, he's much, yeah. he's much he kind of trimmer and toned i suppose in yeah in in boogie nights but uh oh, sure. he he get, like to maintain that he gets up before he goes to bed to work out <laughs> do you know what i mean like he yeah. just he he he, he <clears throat> minus sleeps uh like he apparently gets up at four in the morning and hits the gym um it's a fucking freak um <laughs> what about you ed any favorite quotes quotes i mean a lot a lot of the comedy lines in it that are played straight are just genius basically anything that john c Riley says he, like his first line where uh jack horner introduces him to reed richards and go this is eddie adams the new kid on the street and uh he goes you live on the street and he goes, <laughs> and he goes N- uh, what no yeah oh no jack said you oh okay <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he yeah. follows it up yeah. with like, "You see that movie Star Wars?" It's like, "Yeah, like four times." Oh, yeah. People say I look like Han Solo, and oh, then yeah. Mark Wahlberg's yeah. like, "Really?" He's <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> "Honest, like really?" And then when he's saying, "What's the line um, in the uh, the documentary uh, within the movie where he's like, uh, mm. you know, when you know when you're at the top, people just trying to top it. That's what everyone did to." You know, uh, what's it? What is it? Julius Caesar. Uh, oh, yeah. I was going to say Cleopatra. Uh, he he mixes up um, his his. Um, you know, they, they go out of their way to make sure everyone knows how dumb these characters are and how yeah. self-involved they are. God, I wish I could remember that quote because uh, I was listening to it. I was watching it with commentary, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's that funny quote," but I can't I can't remember because I didn't actually listen to the dialogue. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to keep rock and rolling and making better movies. Actually, that that scene where he makes his speech and he's like, "These people, you know, people say these movies are are, are bad, but they can, they can help." I really believe that. And like the difference yeah. between when he wins his first award, makes that big speech, and then he goes on his whirlwind. You know, he's making loads of movies. Yeah. He's Ascent. buying a car, and then he wins the same award, and he just goes, "Thank you." <laughs> like. Just shows yeah, yeah. how much the Bruce Lee, how much his ego has uh, gone out, gotten out of control, basically. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny, um, as a segue onto the lexicon, that conversation that C. Riley has where he's talking about Han Solo, <laughs> yeah. that, that uh, what do you bench bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have that as the lexicon because it is kind of, like, is that from that movie? Like, is it, like, what I don't, do you like, bench? Yeah, the thing t- that, two, what do you bench? Two guys, yeah, kind of... Uh, doing a dick measuring competition but like what do you bench yeah and yeah you say it first and then i'll just add a hundred to whatever you say yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. i don't remember seeing that in the movie before boogie nights yeah. i don't know yeah it's like you were you work out at whatever gym oh no of course not i would have seen you there i'm there every day <laughs> like uh, <laughs> all these kind of all these yeah. humble brags um yeah yeah but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is the first. Uh, the first. I'm, I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna take a hot take. That's the first. Okay. It's the first iteration, Ed. We've said it. Let's put a rubber stamp on it. <laughs> <and it's>, uh, <laughs> I know the face is a movie podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network, hosted by me, Stephen Portio, and me, Andrew Carroll. Our show is all about character actors, the type of performers you'll see pop up in supporting roles in blockbusters, the type of people you know the faces but not the names. Each episode we pick one particular character actor and discuss a couple of their movies, shining a light on the performer's career while giving listeners plenty of movie recommendations. So the show is a must for cinema loving. Subscribe to I Know That Face wherever you get podcasts and follow us on Twitter at I Know That Face P1. Okay, Trev's trivia. So, okay, some of the stuff we, we already talked about. So we know we know Reynolds didn't want to be in the movie. Yeah. Um, and we know that there's a bit of conflict about getting him involved in the movie and there's a lot of conversations. And by the, I think you said the seventh time, whatever it was, seventh or eighth time, whenever when they were talking about, you know, PTA was begging him to be in the movie and Reynolds get, was giving him a, a, an aggressively hard no. <laughs> That's when PTA said... Just if you can bring that negative energy on set, <laughs> you'll win an Oscar. And then that was kind of that was the line that kind of pulled twisted his arm a bit to be in the movie. But then, as a, it's it's kind of movie legend now that, but it's you know it's true. Reynolds hated PTA. He thought he was a cocky little asshole. He, and he he has a quote where he basically says like this guy he was twenty six and he basically thought that every time he was doing something it was the first time it was ever done. Like, you know, we're going to do a panning shot or we're going to do a, you know, a slow pan or a zoom in here. And, you know, Reynolds treated him like he, he was just at a film school and he was like, yeah, 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 kiddo, I've been here before. And it came to a head one yes. day where uh, Reynolds basically just said to PTA while he was getting direction, you know, stop talking to me like I'm a jerk off, stop talking to me like I'm an asshole. And PTA obviously bit back because PTA is a bit of an ego and it, fucking turned into the two of them out in the parking lot almost swinging hooks at each other swinging digs yeah so that's just fucking bananas like, <laughs> like and apparently like it's um it's all he said she said crap but some of the people are saying that like there was there was people holding back reynolds from actually just fucking clogging him in the head like proper fist hey a proper fisty cuffs <laughs> between uh Jesus. between reynolds and pta crazy we, um, ed's easter eggs <clears throat> uh another oh. another f- almost fisty cuffs moment which is not in the uh imdb trivia or elsewhere on the internet i couldn't find it where mark Wahlberg and john c Riley nearly came to blows in fact john oh. c Riley oh, no. charged mark Wahlberg and was gonna like choke him and on the uh Fuck. on the dvd commentary over what I'll t- over benching i'll tell you on the dvd commentary uh 
P.T. Anderson asked Mark Wahlberg, it's like, well, what's what what happened there? And he tells the story, and then John C. Riley later, in a separate uh, interview, tells his side of the story. But basically, they were just kind of like Mark Wahlberg was kind of pranking, and he was like pushing people in the swimming pool, and you know, kind of continually doing it to people, not kind of bullying behavior, just sort of like uh, immature, immature. And I'm a big swinging dick, and like I mean, in some ways, like Mark Wahlberg is you know a piece of shit and you know like i mean you know i don't know if people know about mark Wahlberg's uh history um with racist comments and ableist comments and violence against those kind of people back when he was marky mark um yeah but yeah a little bit of a dick and he was just kind of uh it was kind of like schoolyard sort of uh, laddie kind of prank sort of stuff, which was getting out of hand. Yeah. And like John C. Riley was, he said he was like, he was really tired. He hadn't eaten and he's trying to get uh, the scene correct. And it, he said he remembers someone, someone told him before that you got to get a lot of coverage on your introduction scene in a movie. You got to say to the director, yeah, just keep shooting or let's shoot this again because sometimes uh, you're not, your character isn't introduced correctly in, in a movie. You've got to make sure that doesn't happen. So that was kind of playing on his mind. And then he was kind of being annoyed by Mark Wahlberg but also trying to be kind of friendly to Eddie Adams and the character and the person were getting mixed up. And he decided, and Mark Wahlberg was like throwing marshmallows at people uh, you know, like kind of playfully, whatever. And John Cirelli was like, you know, I just got to get out of there and just, you know, get something to eat and just, you know, fucking get in my headspace. And I'm walking, I'm walking out. My impression kind of says like Kermit the Frog. And uh, so I'll stop now. And he, Mark, Mark hey, what do you, what do you bench? Uh, yeah. Hey, you go to, you go to the gym. I guess I would have seen you there with my girlfriend, Miss Piggy. But uh, he he was walking away, and Mark Wahlberg, I think, he, like shouted at him or something. And he turned and he like hit him square in the head, like right in the middle of his forehead, with a marshmallow. And everyone kind of laughed, <laughs> and it was humiliating. And John C. Reilly just saw red, and he like sort of he rushed over to Mark Wahlberg, and he says, "And I don't know what I was thinking I was going to do because like he's a, like he's a strong guy, he could fucking kill me with one punch." Yeah. And he went yeah. he went to kind of like fucking choke him or whatever and previous to this he just like pushed him in the pool when he had like all his clothes on or something he was going for lunch or something and that's why he yeah. missed lunch so he just kind of got pissed off and it all calmed down but it was just it was funny hearing it and then there's a <laughs> and then there's a story at the very end of the movie where spoiler alert Dirk Diggler gets out his schlong and P.T. Anderson humorously says now clear this up once and for all uh, Mark is this your actual penis? And Mark Ward was like, no, 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 no. My penis, he said, that's probably, he actually says, that's probably uh, as big as my penis gets fully erect. Um, and then he... <sighs> he actually says that on the commentary. commentary. But see, the commentary is recorded in like 1998 or 99, like, you know, whenever the movie came yeah. out on DVD. And like, there's a whole sections where P.T. Anderson is like jokingly, he's alluding to the fact that... Uh, uh, Luis Guzman uh, who plays your man Rodriguez who's like you know 
Put me in a movie, man. The Latin lover. I'd be great, man. You're going to love it. <laughs> and he keeps saying, I think, I think Louis, I think he's stoned in this scene. I think he's high on that night. And then whenever he comes on screen, whoever he's talking to in the commentary goes, let me ask you a question. Do you think, do you think Luis is stoned right now? And then Luis <laughs> comes on the commentary and he says, and he's, and he's saying, there's a lot of rumors that you're pretty much stoned for this entire movie. <laughs> he's like, what? what are you talking about? Of course I'm not stoned. What do you, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> but Mark Wahlberg says, he's like, no, my, my dick is not that big. But then he, he reveals that he has the penis. He has the prosthetic Dirk Diggler penis in a safe in his house. And then he tells the yeah. story about, you know, I broke my penis one time. And he's like, what? And he, he's like, so in that last scene where he's doing he's doing the scene before he gets these cock out, um, yeah. it's Mark Wahlberg talking about how he, it bent, he was having sex and it bent badly and Ugh. it was sore and like he went to bed and then he woke up and it was like a big red, like a boil blister kind of thing. And uh, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is, and like, and P.T. Anderson this, throughout... Sorry, this is on the commentary. This is on the commentary. Yeah. And th- this that, is what... They, this that is what did I lo- not have to go in. But this is what I love about these old commentaries. And I don't, like, I don't think... I can't imagine that there was an intimacy coordinator on the set of yeah. Boogie Nights. Because P.T. Anderson is talking about people being on drugs and being stoned, making the movie. And also, he jokingly asks Mark Wahlberg a bunch of times, did you ever get, like, a boner during any of these, like, sex scenes? Um, which kind of seems inappropriate. But then again, there are actual porn stars in the movie, you know? Yeah. But DVD commentaries back then, they kind of made them before they even knew what the commentaries were. It's it's like they didn't realize that, like, these would be... They just made, like, an um, unedited podcast, you know? Yeah, Yeah, that's what it is. It was the first podcast. I remember... um, is it Armageddon um, where Ben Affleck oh, yeah, uh, got, yeah, uh, got yeah, yeah. paid? He, he gets paid to do the commentary and he, he brings a load of cans in with him. And he's just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You could hear like cans opening and he's <laughs> locked and he's just slagging <laughs> Brookheimer and slagging, like, yeah. you know, Michael Bay and yeah. everything for the whole movie. Uh, it's hilarious. Like, um, But speaking of the, 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 the Willie moment, the prosthetic, uh, prosthetic pee pee moment <laughs> that scene where he's like you know the end scene where he's talking to himself and he's he's relaying the monologue that he has in, in the in the movie that he's about to shoot and he's saying it into the mirror like that's that's a nod and a wink to raging bull yeah oh yeah 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 uh, that that whole which in turn is a nod and a wink to on the waterfront you mm. know could have been at the could have been a contender could have been a contender is you charlie is you is you uh, and then that's like in that movie there's like nods and winks even to Shakespeare so it's kind of like a layered like when you think of it from a movie his, like mm. a history of movies it's such a like a there's a timeline of references there from uh, from Mark from Marky Mark pulling out a schlong to you know to be or not to be the, the, in, uh, there's you know. another weird bit of trivia that I read on the IMDb trivia and I thought it was you know sometimes I think people put up fake uh, trivia just for a laugh and this one was yeah. like Burt Reynolds on the first day on set performed his character with an Irish accent. And then by oh. the second day, he dropped it and just did the voice, the, his own accent. And I was like, what? But it's true because Mark Wahlberg talks about it. The first scene where he goes back and he's like, how, how old are you, Eddie? 17-year-old yeah. piece, piece of ass. Um, he did that scene with what Mark Wahlberg describes as the worst Irish accent he's ever heard. 
Jack Horner. How are you getting there? Jack Horner. <laughs> and, he, and he says, like, and I... Jim, I Jimmy H. Now, let, let, uh, let me ask you this. How, how big is your penis? Would it, would it, be, <laughs> would it be a big schlong schlong yeah. now? Let, w- would you mind now if Roller Girl had, had a roll of your penis? Um, <laughs> and do you pay tax now on all those tenors you get for <laughs> having wanks? That's what it feels. Make a living off that now. <laughs> but like, and what would the tax man know about Wal- that? Wahlberg's like, I don't know why he did that. And uh, P.T. Anderson says on the commentary track, I think I, I think he's probably joking because sometimes with P.T. Anderson, it's hard to tell if he's being serious or if he's joking. He's got that kind of cheekiness about him. Mm. Where he says, "Oh, I think he was doing that because a lot of porn directors are Irish." What? And I, and I was like, "Are they? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. See, I don't know if that's true. He's just fucking pulling the piss." But that's true. He was he did it in an Irish accent for some reason. I wonder those dailies probably don't exist, but that would be a fucking funny thing to unearth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Irish files. <laughs> yeah. What what about um, my section? I want to I, I want to do a trivia. My, what's my section called? Dre's Delights? Dre's uh Dirk D- Diggler Delights. <laughs> Dre's Dirk Diggler Delights. Cause I, Specifically for this one. Because I cause I went down a, a big um PTA Rabbit, Rabbit hole. hole. Listen to all these old interviews. Yeah, he did. A, he did a really good one with Mark Maron, actually. I've heard but it. Then yeah. it, it's, yeah. I, I it's they good, all yeah. kind of played out, and then it started playing interviews with uh, Marky Mark and William H Macy and stuff. And uh, the William H Macy bit was interesting because he ju- he was he loved the script and he was kind of begging to be in it, but he mm. talked about the the scene where he finds his wife at the New Year's Eve party. And like everything kind of takes a really dark turn from then on. Yeah, yeah. And he, he goes in, finds his wife shagging your man and he goes back, gets the gun. I think he still has his drink in his hand, walks back in. And then at the countdown, he he shoots the he shoots the couple, yeah. shoots his wife and then goes out and shoots himself. That he did. That was a one take wonder. That was his first take. Yeah, yeah. But the um, he was described. He said that he was wearing like a. it's called a gore gun. Where it's like a blood pack on his back, that oh, once yeah. he pulls the trigger, it goes, it goes yeah. and uh-huh. and and uh, it's all timed. Or I think he maybe he squeezes it himself or whatever. Yeah, he sets it off himself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and it and it it flies back, and um, he said he he was uh, he did it, and then he was watching them watch it like watch it back on the monitor and they were like oh jesus and they were delighted but it the the gun did go off it misfired right so before so even though that that was the only time it was a proper take but earlier in the day he was just walking you know to kind of rehearse the scene or whatever and he was just walking through that corridor and the gun went off and it just splattered blood uh-huh. all over the hallway. Uh-huh. So they had to shut down the set uh-huh. and get like Clean get it, it all repainted yeah. and re cleaned and Jesus. everything. So so it wasn't it was a one take wonder, but it it fucking fired already. In that because it was a one take wonder, um he was kind of flustered and there's a line in it where he goes, um, my my fucking wife has her ass in her cock in the driveway. <laughs> my fucking like wife that. has, has an ass basic. in her cock in the driveway. <laughs> So I'm sorry if yeah, my yeah, mind yeah. is not on um, the photography of the film we're shooting tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but that was um, that was a like a, it was a it, that was a mistake by H Macy. It wasn't a mistake by the uh, character. He actually fumbled the line. They left it in, but they kept it in because obviously he's so flustered. Look what he's just witnessed, and look what's what yeah. he's going through. 
and uh, they they kept it in. So it was a it was a, a fluff that made the final cut. Um, a final cut fluff. But do you know what? It was William H Macy. We, we uh, there's, there's so many, many great actors. Philip Seymour like Hoffman. Hoffman. That like yeah. Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman. The way his character his really tight clothes. Yeah, which I love. The the oh, way yeah. he crosses yeah. his arms and he holds his elbow in his hand. Yeah, so uncomfortable. You know, and like I I love how when Dirk is like you know. Uh, when he walks out and he's like it's my, it's my big dick let's fucking shoot <laughs> and he and he walks off yeah. and it just lingers on uh philip seymour hoffman's character just kind of looking totally distraught and i love how i mean there is a kind of a thing where they don't really touch on the gay aspect of uh pornography and the fact that and I think actually in the script there was a thing where when he leaves, when he fucks off and he ends up doing gay porn, which is something that a lot of uh, porn actors do, male porn actors mm. do. They kind of have to eventually, even if they're not gay themselves, but that whole plot line was, was uh, abandoned because it would uh, it would have undermine the power of the scene where he's in the in the the car with the guy the guys who come along and then beat the shit out of him um yeah. as it undermined as that being his kind of rock bottom yeah like he was yeah. back to where he started of like you know doing showing his dick to yeah showing his for dick money. for a fiver yeah, yeah. Sh- showing me dick for a fiver Anyone showing the dick for a fiver anyone buying or selling a schlong he could have charged a bit more couldn't he Maybe, yeah, but I mean, I suppose he just he just wants drugs at that stage, and he looks horrendous in that fucking scene. But yeah, like yeah. everyone's yeah. so great in it, and there's so like Alfred Molina um, as the like, and that whole scene, the scene, you know, the bit in the scene where it it lands on Dirk's face, and he's just like spaced out, staring, looks insane. And then has the kind yeah. of moment, and he's yeah. like, stands up and like, like, yeah, let's get out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so intense, and yeah, with the fucking, it's Cosmo, he's Chinese. Like this, the scene with uh, <laughs> with Roller Girl and her, you know, the the guy who recognizes her from yeah. school. Yeah, oh yeah, it's horrible. It's really Jesus, bad. I, like I, I just wasn't expecting it to take that dark turn, and it's, it's, I don't like watching things like that. It was like the, it was like the scene in. Um, Drive, yeah. That, oh like yeah. The elevator scene, yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of yeah. With, with, when the skates on the head, yeah. It, it yeah. kind of comes. Can, it doesn't come out. I, like I remember in, in my memory because it's been it's been a few years since I've seen it, but that was way more violent. It was like you know in Fight Club when Jared Leto's face yeah. is getting like cracked open. Yeah. I thought for, in my head I had. A, I guess it's the power. It's like in Psycho, you don't actually see the knife going into the. In, it doesn't pierce yeah. the flesh you just think it does but I had an image of his face being crushed or an eyeball being crushed by you know one of Roller uh, roller Girl's rollers and it's, it's like a roller skate is such an like oh, an yeah. innocent thing as well yeah do you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. it's, it's it, it brings the whole child thing into it that she's so young as well she's still in yeah. high school as well or she yeah. left it early yeah She's constantly wearing the roller skates, and I know there's always, yeah, God, it was just, it was, it was hard going. Did I? And if it, it was funny as well, like not funny, but it was just, it was a funny 
decision or choice to make where Burt Reynolds' character, like, he he witnesses the whole scene and your man is being an absolute bollocks to Roller Girl and he's saying, you know, all these horrible things. Like, you're an awful this and, and you're an awful that. Anything, yeah. and he doesn't do that and, and he waits until he, he turns to him and he goes, uh, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're Horner, your movies suck. <laughs> uh, or, the, or, you're, or they still suck or whatever. And then... That's when Reynolds goes, oh, fuck this. These are tough <laughs> My artistic like, integrity like, is being uh, yeah, it, besmirched be, here as I drive around yeah, yeah. in a fucking yeah. limo with a, a camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the one uh, trivia that I liked was in the opening scene where you see the sign yeah. Boogie Nights. Um, like, it's an actual physical sign. And I thought that was a nice touch, but it turns out it was actually put in because PTA had a previous experience of the name of his movie being changed and he didn't want yeah. that to happen so he physically put it on a sign in the Cause, movie yeah because Heart 8 was originally called Sydney after the character that Philip Baker Hall plays in yeah. Sydney and he always refers to it as Sydney and he doesn't want to call it Heart 8 and I could say yeah. like have yeah. you seen that movie Dre that's really like uh, John C. Riley's in it Gwyneth Paltrow Samuel L. Jackson who was near, and Gwyneth Paltrow nearly played Roller Girl and Sam Jackson nearly played John Don Cheadle's part. Um, oh yeah, that scene in the in the in the donut shop, you could probably mm. cut. You could probably cut their whole subplot. I think. I mean, I think yeah. in some ways it shows how, when people who are in the porn industry want to legitimize themselves, and you know, because he does say that this is a real thing that I can do. And you're stopping yeah. me from doing it, and he's like, keeps calling him a pornographer. And he's like, I'm, I'm an, I'm an actor. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that scene, that's yeah. a like, that's a real Scorsese, almost like a Tarantino scene, where there's like yeah. a Mexican standoff, and then suddenly bang, bang, bang. But also, yeah. yeah. How much fucking money is in a donut shop that you can open your own fucking? Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. That's yeah. a pothole for me. There's a, ti- like, there's a tiny amount little, of money uh, in that. Little paper bag with a couple of euros in it. And it's like, it's like $100 dollars maybe or something. I don't, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, they yeah. love donuts in America, though. There's so much money to be made in donuts. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe there's like a fortune. It's like, there's money in that banana stand. There's like a, a, a Brinks <laughs> yeah. truck goes to that donut yeah. shop like three times a day to take away cash. <laughs> probably because I love them so yeah, much yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any other uh, uh, Dre's Delights any other Ed's Easter eggs uh, to drop well there's one in the uh, the, the scene where um, Don Cheadle's character is playing country and western music to try and sell uh, the speakers mm. with you know more quads per channel but that's just uh, that's technical talk the, the guy he's talking to <laughs> Um, played Dirk Diggler first, the guy he's trying to sell uh, the stereo to, because in 1988, Paul Thomas Anderson made a short uh, called The Dirk Diggler Story, uh, which is like a kind of a mockumentary. It's kind of like the the the, the mo- documentary the, the within documentary the movie, in which the movie. in itself yeah, yeah, yeah. is based on Exhausted, uh, which is a documentary made about John Holmes, by a woman who was a porn star who was like clearly in love with John Holmes and I've seen Exhausted and it's almost exactly like that Dirk Diggler short except it's actually got 
for real hardcore pornography in it. Um, but yeah, that that guy played Dirk Diggler. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't think of. I can't think. Michael Stein is his name. Michael Stein. That's it. So he, yes. yeah, he played Dirk Diggler in the Dirk Diggler story, and Robert Ridgely, who plays the Colonel, who turns out to be a paedophile, and this is his last movie. Yeah. He died a year after it was made, or something. Uh, he played Jack Horner in that. What a way short, to go out. <laughs> the Dirk Diggler. Yeah, he played Jack Horner. In the, yeah. yeah, and he was great yeah, as like the Colonel. He, he was so his so la- his last creepy. scene on film is him as a paedophile in prison being slapped around by uh, yeah. the guy he's sharing a cell with and like crying. <laughs> yeah. But he's, his performance is great though. He looks like miserable. Yeah. Like he's, and you know what? The, um, the scene when Burt Reynolds goes to see him, uh, Jack Horner goes to see him yeah. in prison and he tells him that he's what the cops found in the house and they never say child pornography. They never say anything obviously they allude to it because he says the yeah, innocence or something like that help, but it's just myself, whatever yeah it's just and and reynolds there like both of them are really their performances are great because you can see the desperation in reynolds yeah. like he, he 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 knows something is wrong he knows there's something sinister at play but he's asking the question he's asking the question um that that's a really good scene and it kind of mm. did kind of win me a bit when i was watching it um it's such a fucking seedy horrible yeah. subplot <laughs> it's horrible um but yeah, Jack Nicholson turned down the role of Jack Horner. Uh, Jack also, he'd be good. According to according to the internet, Harvey Keitel turned down the role as well. Albert Brooks, saw that, yeah, he would have been interesting. Too funny, too. Yeah, although he was good in Drive as no, a yeah, serious I, guy. But to I be just... honest, I think Albert Brooks would have been a good show because he's he's funny yeah. and you kind of need that charm. To, you know, but yeah. he's also yeah, he can be kind of dark. B- Bill Murray allegedly was up for it as well, but but well, I c- couldn't see Bill Murray playing that that part at all. No, he would have been too yeah, young and like yeah, him. he's too young. You need someone in yeah. their kind of sixties, you know. Save him, yeah, f- save Twilight. him for Rushmore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, PTA. <laughs> do we have um? Do we have any on Dork Diggler? I've got a. Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Ethan Hawke. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio were apparently considered. Oh, and DiCaprio yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. Sorry, I had was, yeah. Ob- he'd been in Basketball Diaries with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and when exactly, he yeah. like he yeah. wanted to do it, but he couldn't because he was doing Titanic. But he suggested Mark Wahlberg to Paul Thomas Anderson. Ah. So DiCaprio essentially got him cast, pretty much. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Wahlberg's great. I, I I love the kind of innocent, naive aspect to his character. You know, like when he's at the beginning, when he's all, you know, he's really polite and he talks, you know, he's he's like real earnest. And then he just yeah, yeah. gets, you know, his ego gets out of fucking control. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's like, there's certain castings where somebody mightn't be the most amazing actor in the world yeah it was perfectly yeah. cast and like uh, i compare mark Wahlberg as dirk diggler similar to keanu reeves in the matrix as neo it's like that kind of yeah. like it just suits him even though like like keanu reeves since the matrix went on to be a big action star but like at the time yeah. it was like he's not a great he, actor he, com- he compliments I the can't... rest of the actors and he compliments the the movie yeah 
uh, and yeah. it's yeah. it's not exactly, it's yeah. not his star power. Like there's no real, you know, there's standout yeah. performances in this, and there's great actors, but it's it's more it's the sum of its parts rather than the individual pieces. You know. Yeah. 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 For sure. Let, let's get this gravy train, you know, chucking down the track to, to Gravy Town. Uh, I'm putting this fucker into the vault. Uh, it's the. It's, uh, You're not even putting it to best. a vote. Yeah. No. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Fucking. King, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're in a we're in a democracy here. But uh, I, if 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 I if I was to decide, I would say yes in the vault. Um, it's probably. Like I, I don't know if it's his best. Is it his best film? But it's it's in contention. You know, like he he's got like some he, he PTA has such extreme heights. Uh, but like this movie does have some peaks within it. Like that that twenty minute segment, um, where there's the montage that we've talked about a lot. That's like perfection. Um, it's amazing. The first half of the movie is like a comedy. The second half is this downward spiral. Um, and I enjoyed them equally as much. I probably enjoyed the second half more. I, like I, I was loving the first half, and then when there was the reset, when they hit the eighties, and then you have the the Wahlberg or the the Dirk Diggler music career thing mm. that I didn't really like, and I was kind of going, "Oh, this is getting a bit." Ha-. Yeah, yeah. I remember getting bored at this point when I was watching it the first time, and then that montage kicks in, and it's like that's just unbelievable. And then I just the rest of the movie I just loved. Um, yeah, I. I I have it up there. It's probably top three PTA movies, in my opinion. I would say, um, but yeah, it's I, I I put that into the vault. I, like the only I, I I have nothing negative. Only that 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 music parody thing. Uh, you know, cut that out. Maybe the donut um, subplot. You know, with the with the music show, store ad. Yeah. That's a fair shout. But like you're, you're snipping yeah. like seconds and and minutes out of out of an otherwise perfect film. So yeah, what what about you, Dre? I kind of went on a on a whole I went on a whole journey watching the film where I was like oh I, f- I don't know if this is for me, mm. um, like, and then, and then I was just in I'd say like it was actually that scene with the mother which is like a half an hour in that mm. I was like okay right well Marky Mark he can he can act this boy can act yeah. um <laughs> and yeah I, I I just I just loved the the kind of empathy and the the humanity it gave to that kind of industry i like i like when people uh shine a light on the lesser known or the or the or the, or the when they shine a light on people that we think we know about yeah yeah you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. have a preconceived names. notion yeah. of what these people are like and it's completely false yeah yeah and it's not it's not a, it's not a film that's glamorizing anything it's just it's I don't know. It's it, it's just it's just a their journey to nowhere kind of thing. Yeah, their journey back and forth. And look, not to get too uppity, but uh, isn't that just what the movie is all about, <laughs> Andrea? But you know, going on though, be, you know, but like I was the same as you. I'm like I feel sad and I feel happy, mm. and now I'm now I'm sad again, and now I'm now I don't know if I like this, and no, that's good. And now but I'm fucking it, laughing. Don't Riley like this? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it's pr- it's life, and it's that's what fucking proper movies is meant to yeah. do to you. It's meant to bring you on a little journey and challenge you, and y- any preconceived notions you have, and fucking fight against them. Uh, so yeah, I so does that mean you're putting it in? I'm putting it in. 
I'm putting it in there, and I'm gonna I I am gonna watch it again. Yeah. What about you, Ed? A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't yeah. I don't think there is a a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that I wouldn't put in the vault. But for, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I think probably, for yeah. the fact that it's you know it's the it's the it's the Goodfellas of of porn. Yeah, uh, and also it is a rare thing that I cannot think of any other movie that deals with exclusively with people working in in the in the porn industry and does it in such a way that it's like we said it's a comedy it's a drama it's a crime movie it's a fucking fake documentary in the middle of it you know there's there's lots going on and it all it all hangs together and it all works and yeah. it's kind, you know it's kind of unique in a lot of ways it, you know like you're saying, Trev, you know, there's a lot of Scorsese nods. There's a lot of Robert Altman stuff. There's a lot of um, stylistic things in it, but it all serves the the movie, and it's just yeah. a fucking, it's just a very entertaining movie, and yeah, it's it's a hundred percent in the ball for me. And now it's got it, us as collective fans, and look, hey guys, boogie nice. Let's have a little disco dance. Let's drop the ball. Let's drop the pin. It's in the fucking vault, guys. Boogie Nights Party. Do you know that song, Boogie Nights, wasn't in the movie mm-hmm. because the person who was uh, giving up the rights was like a born-again Christian and didn't want their song used oh. in a movie about pornography? No way. Once again, religion getting in the way of fucking a good religion, porno. huh? <laughs> There it is, guys. Boogie nice. It's in the vault. Yeah. Guys, as always, <laughs> a pleasure. Hey, all right. Thanks, thanks, thanks for thanks having Ed. me. I'm John C. Riley here. I'm going to go back to <laughs> Sing Rainbow <Yeah>. Connection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good impression. I'm then. working on it. It's a work in progress. So there you have it. Boogie Nights, or Boogie Nights, as Trev kept calling it. Very Irish. It's in the vault. For future reference thank you yet again for listening uh, we love your support and get in touch with us at the Sinistream Club on Instagram and Twitter let us know what you'd like us to cover and please 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 if you enjoy the show tell your friends tell your family and uh, also give us a review if you like what you're hearing it's a really simple thing and it's a, it's a lovely way to throw us up the charts and so a few more people know about us and it's just a really nice sound thing to do until next week bye this show is part of the headstuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious shows are produced in association with headstuff and the podcast studios dublin find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Heard my little sis is buying a car. You'll need my secret guide. Gross, no way. I already used Capital One Auto Navigator. I bet your credit score... Wasn't impacted at all, so ha... 
I got my real rate and monthly payment, had an amazing test drive at the dealership, and made the purchase. Taking the easy way out. That's so you. Still not getting it. That's so you. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash Auto Navigator.